0: The parable today should at at once kind of shock us and at the same time console us. So the parable shocks us because it's kind of like there's a bad ending to the story, to the parable, but it consoles us because there's also good within the parable itself. So, what what is this parable that Jesus gives? About a master who divides his possessions amongst three servants, and one is given five talents, another is given two, and another is given one. So, first of all, what is a talent? You You ever ask these questions, like, what is a talent? Father, what's a talent? I don't know what a talent is. A talent was a measuring weight, either of copper silver, or gold. So it was was kind of like a coin, but it was was a coin that was measured in weight. So it, it wasn't really a coin that had value in the coin itself, but it was the weight of the coin that gave it its value. So it could have been copper, silver, or gold. So it was something that was very valuable. It was something that was entrusted to these servants that was very valuable. There was a material, a raw material, like copper, silver, or gold, which is very valuable, even to this day. Copper, silver, and gold are very valuable. If you look on the stock market and see how much they're worth, you can see that they're, it's worth a lot. They're raw materials. And so they're entrusted with this, with these talents. And then the one who has five goes off, and he invests it. And he gets another five talents. The one with two invests it, and he gets another two talents. The one with one buries his talent out of fear. And then the master, and then there's a long delay. Notice that? There's a long delay. It says a long delay. Not just a delay, a long delay. Meaning that they had a lot of time to do something with those talents that they received. And then finally, at a time that the servants did not know, the master comes back. And when he comes back, he exacts an account of what he gave them. And so the one with five says to his master, here's five more. And then the, the master rewards that servant for having invested his money and collected. it five more. So he has ten talents. And he says, come share your master's joy. That there's joy when when you do something for the master. And then the one with two, the master exacts in the county. He says, here's two more. I have four. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's joy. However, the one with one, notice that he's a wicked servant. So he's, he's envious, probably because he just received one talent. And he's lazy at the same time. He's lazy. He doesn't do anything with his He just buries his talent in the ground, doesn't invest it, doesn't do anything with what's given to him. And he's lazy. So that means, what was he doing during that long delay? Watching TV? Just, you know, sitting on the couch, eating, drinking, doing nothing. But then there's an accounting. And the master confronts him and says, what did you do with that one talent? And he says, out of fear, I buried it. Because I knew you were a demanding person. And so the master says, you wicked servant, you wicked, lazy servant. That you did not collect interest. You did not even put my money in the bank. You did nothing with what I gave you. And so he says, take this talent. He says to the other servants, take this talent, the one talent that I gave him, and give it to the one with 10, and then throw this useless servant out. That's why this parable is shocking. It's consoling, but it's shocking at the same time. So now, how can we apply this parable in our daily life. So each one of us are given gifts from God. The moment that we're conceived in the womb, we're given a gift from God. What's the first gifts that we receive from God? First two gifts, our soul and our body. They're gifts that are given from God. And God, at the end of our life, will exact an account of how we used our soul and how we used our body. They're gifts. You ever think of that? Instead of saying, my body, my choice, instead of saying, it's all mine. No, it's a gift that's been given to you from on high. Your body is a gift. Your soul is a gift and you will have to answer for it at the end of your life, of how you use that gift before the throne of God. That's why the most fearful thing it says in the Gospel is to stand before the Son of Man, to stand before God naked. You know what I mean by naked? I mean, you know, not physically naked, but naked in that there's There's no euphemisms that we can use. There's no lawyers that we can hire. We have to stand before God with all of our thoughts, words, and actions revealed before our very eyes. That's scary. That's scary. That can be scary for a lot of people. It can also be consoling that you might say, oh, you know, I've done a lot of good works. So I'd like to see those. I'd like to see the effects of those. See that? It could be scary or it could be consoling. It depends on how you're living. That's the big thing. So the first two talents that are given to us are our body and our soul. How do we use our body? How do we use our soul? Do we take care of our bodies? Or are we... Are we bad to our bodies. You know, one of the things that St. Francis of Assisi, who's a saint, one of the things that he said at the end of his life is he apologized to his body because he said he did not treat his body well in his life. It was the only thing that he really regretted that he could have done better in treating his body well. So much did he do mortification and penance to, to an extreme. And we need to take care of our bodies, but not worship our bodies at the same time. It, that our bodies, our bodies can also control us. If, if you have unreframed appetites and passions, they can control us in our life. So we need to set those under control. but Also in accounting for our soul. How's our soul going to appear before God? Think of that, our soul. What are the things that affect our soul? Sin affects our soul. And that's why we have to keep repenting of our sins, keep being humble, keep going to confession, keep allowing the blood of the lamb, calling on the blood of the lamb to purify our souls. So those are two talents that are given to each and every single person. At baptism and confirmation, we're given other talents. Meaning, we're giving gifts of the Holy Spirit. How do we utilize those gifts? You may call them gifts or skills. Some people are, are musically talented. Now, how are we using those gifts? Are we using them for the glory of God or are we using them for ourselves? Some people are artists, really good artists. How are you using those gifts? How are you using any gifts or skills or talents that the Lord has given you? Are you using them for the glory of God? Are you using them for yourself? Are you using them to better society? You know, there there was a statistic that I just heard on the news. It was the Diocese of Brooklyn, New York. And there was a, I think it was pastor or bishop, he was saying that the mass attendance in Diocese of Brooklyn, New York has decreased in the last five years by 40%. 40%. And that's just one day. And that's a large diocese, Diocese of Brooklyn, New York. 40%. And we say, what are people doing on Sundays then? They're not going to church. What are they doing? See that? So we're given these talents and skills. Some people are using these talents and skills for the glory of God. Some people are prayer warriors, they pray all day. You know what, that's great. You know what I encourage you to do if you pray all day? Keep praying, pray more. Pray more because the world needs it, because the world is going absolutely crazy right now. We need prayers, we need prayers, we need sacrifices. So if you're doing that, keep on increasing. If you gain five talents, gain five more talents for the glory of God. Keep doing, increase it. Increase its intensity. As sin increases, grace must increase. Mercy must increase in the world. As sin increases. We need to be zealous for God and for souls. And so, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, that's good, continue. Pray for that gift of perseverance. Continue to be children of light. Live in the light. Continue to proclaim the, the goodness of the Lord, the light of the Lord. <clears throat> As darkness increases, so we must also have light increase. The light begins with Christ, and Christ, the light can be in your soul. You can shine. You can shine in the darkness. As there's darkness in the world, all you need is a little lamp to scatter that darkness. All you need is a little candle. You can be that candle. You can be that light. That's why at baptism, the godparents receive a candle. It's a symbol of the light of Christ that you are to be for the world. And so continue to use those talents, those skills. Because at the end of your life, when you see your life and you see your prayers, all the prayers that you've done, the chapel of divine mercy, the rosary, the masses you attend, everything, every single person that you pray for, you will not be shocked, but you'll be surprised. Why will you be surprised? Because you'll see how God applied your prayers. In your life. You'll see what God has done with your good works that you did for another person. You'll see how they multiplied. And that's why you'll be surprised. And God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's joy. What we don't know is what is the master's joy? What is it like? Think of the greatest thing that you could think of. and that, Well, think of Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Like right now, I have turkey fever. You ever have turkey fever? Where everything you see is turkey, 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 turkey. You know, stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, all those good things for Thanksgiving. And think of how we look forward to Thanksgiving. How we look forward to that feast. How we look forward to being with others. How We look forward to, you know, one thing I love at Thanksgiving is sampling all the different pies. Don't you love sampling all the different pies? Like, you just don't say, well, I just have, have an apple pie. Say, well, I have a little bit of apple, and I have a little bit of pumpkin, a little bit of pecan, or pecan, or however you pronounce it. You know, or blueberry, or coconut custard, that's one of my favorites. And so you think about that. And you think about what a joyous occasion Thanksgiving is. Because it's not just about the food. It's also being with other people. It's sharing. It's giving Thanksgiving to God. How much more is heaven like a Thanksgiving feast? Even more. That's great. It's splendid. So we need to think about those things. When we think about giving and accounting, you also need to think about heaven. And doing what you can do right now for one another. One thing is, if you show mercy to another person in this life, you will receive mercy at the end. If you do not show mercy at the, at, during your life, you will not be given mercy at the end. So the way that you show mercy is you first receive mercy. You ask for mercy for yourself. You keep asking for mercy. You keep praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day. One time, two times, three times. However many times you need to pray that chaplet. Asking for God's mercy upon yourself and upon others. You go to confession. That's the way you receive mercy. When you receive mercy, then you can give mercy toward others. And when you give mercy toward others, then you will receive mercy at the end of your life. That You are judged based on what you give in this life. But if you give nothing, if you do not ask for mercy, if you're stubborn, if you don't go to confession, if you're prideful, and you hold grudges against others, you don't forgive, then you will not be forgiven at the judgment. See that mercy and justice go hand in hand together. That's both. That's why do good works. So that you won't be like the wicked lazy servant who buried his talent, who didn't use his talent to build up the kingdom of God. I think of all the churches that are closing, all the schools, all the Catholic schools that are closing. Why, when we have so many Catholics out there that can give, that can go to church, that can give of their talents and skills and money to keep these Catholic schools open, to keep these churches open? But there are so many that just bury their talent. Just in the United States alone, 83% of Catholics do not go to Sunday Mass. 83%! And it's worse in some other countries. And it's and the mass attendance is dropping in some other countries. This is just the United States. Other countries, it's even worse in 83% of people not going to mass. Think of how many people are just burying their talent in the ground. And they don't realize that in this long delay of their life, that there will come an accounting at the end. They don't realize that they will die one day and that they will have to appear before the throne of God, either with with fullness in their hands, full of good deeds, or nothing in their hands, just burying everything. And that's why the, the parable, there's fear within the parable. Because I'm sure each one of you are saying, I don't want to be like that. Because then you don't share your master's joy. It's like you don't go to the Thanksgiving dinner. Can you imagine that? Missing the Thanksgiving dinner. The Thanksgiving dinner of heaven. You don't receive a reward because you never gave. Because you never gave of yourself to God and to others. Rather, some people do the opposite. They steal from others. You see a lot of robbery, a lot of theft right now. People stealing, killing each other, hatred, envy. That's not from God, that's from the devil. And we need to condemn those actions, not the people, but the actions itself and call people to repentance call people to conversion. That's what God calls us to. There's always a call to conversion and always a call to repentance and the gospel. It's not a false conversion and it's not a false repentance. It has to be true from the heart. We have to turn away from sin and turn back to God. We have to do it constantly through our lifetime because we fall many times. And that's why during the long delay, God gives us mercy. He gives us time. Time is such a precious gift. Don't waste the time that God has given you and your lifetime. You don't know the time when you will have to exact an account to the master. You do not know that time. I don't know it. Most people don't, don't know it and their lifetime. And, that, and that's why we have to work out our salvation in fear and trembling, knowing that at any time, I may have to exact an account to the master of the house. That's why this is a time for mercy. That's why Jesus says in the diary of St. Faustina, before I send the day of justice, I am first sending the day of mercy. This is the day of mercy, not the day of justice, not yet, but it's first the day of mercy for each one of us and for the world before the second coming of Christ. That's the day of mercy before the day of justice. No one knows the time or the hour, but that's why we have to stay awake, be sober, be alert, be prayerful, as if Jesus were to come into your life at the very end of this day. That's how alert that we need to be. So be alert. Be prayerful. Do what you can. And when you've done all that you can, at the end of the day, you say to the Lord, I've done all I could today. Here are my gifts. Here are my talents. Here are everything I did. Now, Lord, let me go to sleep (laughs) because I've done all I can as your servant. And then you give it to God at the end of the day. And that's what God calls each and every one of us to do. Use your talents in this life. God has given you time. He's given you the day of mercy. Use it for the building up of the kingdom of God. And then at the end of your life, when the Lord is settling in your account, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, come share your master's joy.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers,